You ready to beat your bookmaker? Then it's time to follow the model. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back from a two-week hiatus. I know you missed us. This is the Follow the Model podcast, week seven in the NFL. I'm your host, Colin Thaw, creator of Thawball. We also have Russell, a.k.a. Gates, on the line. How we doing? How's everyone doing today? I think we're doing pretty, pretty good, considering after a slow start to the season, the model bounced back in a big way in week six. It went 3-0, and plus four units. It is now 12-15 and on the season, minus six units, but inching closer to that break even, and then we're a rocket ship from there. Yeah, feels damn good. Feels like it's about time. Um, heading into last week, the public had been crushing it, as we kind of talked about in a lot of previous episodes. We Not that we design it this way, but a lot of times we do go against the public. So maybe not the biggest surprise that we got a slow start to the season. The public actually had its best start in 18 years, dating back to 2005, hitting against the spread at 62%. So yeah, let's let's see how, how we continue to go from here. Last week, 3-0, and had a, had a great week. We hit on the Ravens, the Cowboys, and, and the Texans. Uh, really liked all those plays. Had some close-ish games, but we were we were in control for, for pretty much all three. Uh, would have taken a bad beat in any of those to lose. So um, three solid plays. None of them were huge units or, everything, or anything. But, yeah, you know, and, and a little bit of a preview. We might be on one of those again this week coming up as well. Love it, love it. Water finds its level. You know what they say, Vegas wasn't built overnight. So, yes, we do expect the public to come back to the pack and the model with some positive regression as evidence starting in week six. And now let's talk about week six because the model goes through calibrations every two weeks. This is the third two-week iteration of those adjustments. So is there anything you've seen compared to the beginning of the season that's changed dramatically to this point of the season? Yeah, things have things have changed dramatically and that's that's the beauty of the model, right? You got to keep up with the times, got to stay, you know, always in the present. And uh just two ones that we'll call out here that that have changed a lot. One is a, is a faller, a plummeter, my my and our New York Giants. Uh we had a lot of high hopes for them. A big part of it has been the injury bug, right? Especially Andrew Thomas um, and, and the offensive line has just been absolutely atrocious, arguably the worst offensive line in NFL history. Uh, so they started at 11 in the model to kick off the year. They're now down to 31st, so second to last. And that's also without Daniel Jones, as he missed last week. We think he's going to miss this week. And then one that actually has gone up in the model from 13th to 9th, even though this team is 2-4, and four, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. So again, potentially a preview for what's to come this week. But we we really like the you know a lot of the assets that they have in place. They've lost a lot of close games, completely opposite to last year, and they won a lot of those close games. So we we shall see. Yeah, and both of those are a preview and look ahead for the week seven picks in different ways. And yeah, it's been painful as a Giants fan. I think we're already out on this season. And for the Vikings, maybe that's to their fans, don't be out yet. Don't lose hope because the model still believes in you. And so let's go right into those week seven picks, starting with those Vikings. They're plus seven at home versus San Francisco, 
the same Niners who were just upset in week six. Yeah, we really like the value here. They're getting a full touchdown at home, and the 49ers just got really banged up against the Browns, right? I mean, we saw Brock, I, we still believe in Brock Purdy, especially in that offense, but it was ugly against that Browns defense, which we've been saying since day one is the number one defense in the NFL. And they got pretty banged up in that game. So Trent Williams, he went down, he did come back. Um, Christian McCaffrey, questionable for this week, and, and Debo as well. All three of those guys went down during that game. We're not sure if, if any of them come back. You know, I, I think probably at least two of them come back for this game. But either way, we're seeing a ton of value. The Vikings did lose Marcus Davenport, which will hurt them on defense. But the 49ers, they, they played at Cleveland last week. Now they play at Minnesota. We always like going against teams that are playing two road games in a row, right? That's just the rest advantage. That's going to be a huge advantage for us having to come to Minnesota. That place will be loud. They'll be hyped off that win last week. You know, even though Jefferson's out, like we said, we see them as number nine in the model. I think they can pull off the upset this week and definitely love them getting the seven. And you'll say it's going to be loud in Minnesota. It should be extra loud because that is the Monday night football game this week in prime time. And you love when there's a standalone game. That's also a model play. It just kind of makes it more fun and, and gets the juices going a little bit better. So that's fun to see. Skull Vikings. And let's move on to the Chiefs. Chiefs kingdom. They're minus five and a half at home versus the Chargers. They were a little slow last week against the Broncos, but you think that plays into this play? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's making way too big a deal about the Chiefs offense, the demise of the Chiefs. They did just trade for Nicole Hardman today, so we'll see if he can actually get suited up and, and play in this game. But either way, I mean, they, they still covered the spread against the Broncos. That game was never in doubt. They were winning from start to finish. And I personally think that they were kind of playing with their food, so to speak, right? Like the, the Broncos sucked. They knew that. They didn't, they didn't take them seriously. And I think they probably called the game very vanilla. It was a Thursday night game. They, they didn't have much time to prep. And, and they knew they were going to get the W. And I, think, I really think that's all that was. So the Chiefs have looked phenomenal. Their only loss this season was the first game of the year where they were missing their second and third best players, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey and Chris Jones. Ever since those guys have been back, they've been unstoppable. They're now coming back home with 10 days to prep, and they get Charles Omanehu, who's been suspended for the first six games. Really good defensive end that they picked up in free agency. They're going to get him back for this game as well. So they're going to be fully loaded. We all know Andy, Andy Reid when he gets extra time to prepare. Conversely, the Chargers just played on Monday night. They got a short week going to KC, and I just have not been impressed by the Chargers. I think Herbert's just not – he's been a, just slightly off this this year. I'm sure Mike Williams being out, Eckler being out has maybe something to do with that. Their center, Corey Lindsley, is still out. Joey Bosa is just not the same player that he used to be. He's pretty banged up, and we don't we don't really like that defense. So uh, really like the Chiefs this week. We, we, we like them to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, and talking about those Chargers, I think the only thing they have going for them is that viral fan from Monday Night Football and something that does hurt them as well. You talked about all the injuries. Quentin Johnston, their first-round pick at receiver, has not been an impact player whatsoever. So that, that definitely doesn't hurt help them as, as they search for answers on offense on what's supposed to be an explosive offense, right? So reinforcements coming for the Chiefs on offense and on defense, like you mentioned. So 
and, and they're fully and the Chiefs are fully healthy, right? Like, you know, health is a huge part of it. It's a huge part to the model. And right now they got back Nick Bolton last week, their best linebacker, and, and they don't have one injury on either side of the ball. So they're going to be ready to go. All systems go for that Kansas City play. I'm excited to see the number of units on that one. And let's continue as we go to the Ravens, a consistent model play this year. They've kind of gone back and forth on the results of the, as they've haven't played up to their potential, I'd say, or they've made a lot of mistakes, right? Drops, penalties, things that you wouldn't expect from a Harbaugh coach team, but they cleaned it up a little bit last week, took care of the Titans, and now they're home against what's now uh, almost juggernaut Lions team. Uh, you got this spread at two and a half. It's currently at three. Yeah, and to your point, we started getting on the Ravens once they started getting everyone back, right? They started off the season the first two, three games missing a whole bunch of guys, offensive line, on defense, in the secondary, right? They, they've been pretty decimated. They finally got just about everyone back. Unfortunately, now Marcus Williams, the safety, got hurt again. Seems like he can't stay healthy, so he might be missing this week, which is unfortunate. Hopefully they get back their uh, their D-end or outside linebacker, Odafa Owe. Uh, he's missed the last couple games. Hopefully he comes back for this one. But the offensive line's fully healthy. You know, I think the only thing to slightly be worried about is that trip across the ponds. That, you know, that's that's always a little bit tough coming back, acclimating from London. But they're going to be home. And yet again, now Detroit, just like we talked about San Francisco, the Lions are playing their second road game in a row. Right. And, and we always like to go against those kind of teams. The Ravens have also had a phenomenal record the last few years at home when the bar starts. So we, we really like taking them at home in these circumstances. I think the Ravens are, are primed to be really you know, after the Chiefs, maybe the number two team in the AFC. And, and people really, are, I think, are still sleeping on really solid all around. They don't, they don't have many holes. Totally makes sense. It feels like they just haven't hit that extra gear yet on the season that they it seems like they definitely have and once they hit it they could be really scary and you would expect them to start getting there as the season goes on we're in week seven now so yeah i totally get that you'd expect them to start reaching where they're really looking like a peak performance machine uh type offense and defense right so makes sense that was baltimore and now we move to the nfc east where we talked about the Giants' precipitous fall in the season. They almost pulled a shocking upset over Buffalo on Sunday night last week, but that might have just been all systems go, you know, at, every, throw everything out game. This is our whole season on prime time, and, and that might have been all the bullets they had left in the chamber, so to speak. They get the commanders at home, but the commanders are favored by one and a half. Yeah, to your point, I mean, the Giants did finally show up last week. I think that could have been a couple factors. One, clearly a revenge game for Dayball and team, right? I'm sure they got everybody fired up because they, you know, a lot of those guys came from Buffalo. And then number two, he just knows Buffalo really well, right? And so does Joe Shane because he had been there for so many years. So they, I think they clearly had a lot of inside knowledge in terms of how to handle Josh Allen on defense and, and kind of what to run. And, and they still couldn't get the win, even though they outplayed him definitely for three quarters. Um, it just seems like it's the season from hell for them. I also think Tyrod in his first game, you know, probably having not seen him on film for a couple of years, Buffalo might have been a little lost for how to prepare for him. But now that now that Tyrod is is on film, will help Washington out as well. 
And I mean, you know, we're we're giving a point and a half here for the Giants at home, but that's going to be a lackluster crowd to say the least. Coming in at one and five, Daniel Jones not going to be playing. We don't think. I'd be shocked if Daniel Jones plays there. I mean, yeah, Washington's just a much better team right now, and and I don't. We're not really giving much credence to the home field here for the Giants being one and five. Season's pretty much over, and, and Washington's been been really solid. So, I'd be shocked if, if the Giants can can get a win here against Washington. Washington is just a much better team right now. Yeah, this season, not fun from a Giants fan perspective, but hopefully for the model's sake, Washington takes advantage and we have another sweep week as last week was very fun in that respect. So those are the four plays you're really looking hard at. You think those probably be official plays. Going to others to watch, only one this week, and that's the Falcons plus three at the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think if this goes to three and a half, people really start getting behind Tampa Bay. We'll take Atlanta. You know, not. I think this would be a smaller unit play either way, but I think these teams are really similar. And Atlanta again has been really solid. If, if Desmond Ritter can just get out of his own way, this team could be a really good team. They've gotten so much better defensively. They've had a really good offensive line. We already know the weapons they have with Bijan and Drake London, and even Kyle Pitts is coming out of his cocoon and starting to do a little something. So. Yeah, Falcons, I, I think they're they're very live if they get to three and a half. Should be a close game either way, so we'll, we'll keep our eye on that one. Cool, yeah, I think the Tampa Bay hype is slowing for sure, and Atlanta, like you said, yeah, even Ritter has looked maybe slightly improved the last couple of weeks. It's hard to say, but uh, yeah. if you can give them even a little bit, like you said, then, then they could be a, a feisty team in the NFC. So... Those are the week seven plays and the ones that you're looking at from the model. And we also talked about the calibration after week six. Anything else you want to mention before we sign off? That's pretty much it. I'm just going to say, you know, we've been going smaller units the last couple of weeks. These, they're going to be some big unit games with the ones we just mentioned. So get prepared for that. We're going to, we're going to unleash the clip, so to speak, where we're going to be ready to go this week. I'm very excited. So let's let's get let's get another sweep. This is this is when we gotta hit our stride, right? Middle of the season, models fully clicking, and, and we're ready to go. I love it as Gangstar said, get that full clip ready. And you know, the model started slow. We're hitting the stride now as we have to get closer to the midpoint of the NFL season. Public coming back to the pack, model getting to where it's supposed to be out in front. And there you have it. That's week seven. This is Follow the Model, and we'll see you next week.